Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that runs the bases of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're taking a closer look at the worst-kept dirty secret of America's favorite pastime. The day was February 10th, 1920. The Major League Baseball Rules Committee officially banned the spitball pitch. Known by many colorful nicknames, including the spitter and the wet one, throwing a spitball was a common technique used by pitchers in the early days of baseball. It involved coating part of the ball with a foreign substance, usually saliva, in order to gain an advantage on the mound. Sometimes, the spit was used to reduce the friction between the pitcher's fingers and the ball, causing it to slip out of his hand with less spin than a regular pitch. In other cases, the spit was used to change the aerodynamic properties of a baseball. Applying spit to one side of a ball changed its wind resistance and weight, affecting how it behaved in the air. When thrown correctly, a spitball would drop straight down as it flew causing the batter to hit the top part of the ball on a swing, resulting in a grounder. The result of that tactic was fewer home runs and more low-scoring games, characteristics that came to define early 20th century baseball, earning it the nickname the Dead Ball Era. Nobody knows when the first spitball was thrown or who threw it, but it's been in use since at least the early 1900s. George Hildebrand of the Brooklyn Superbas is known to have experimented with the technique in 1902 and may have been the first to use the pitch in a major league game two years later. He's also said to have shared the trick with several other spitball pioneers, including Frank Corridan and Elmer Stricklett, who in turn taught it to others. 
Despite the name, not every spitballer used saliva to make their pitches less predictable. Other slick substances used to doctor baseballs included, but weren't limited to, mud, petroleum jelly, and hair products, like pomade. The first pitchers to depend heavily on the spitball were Jack Chesbro of the New York Highlanders and Ed Walsh of the Chicago White Sox. They made good use of it, too, becoming the only American League pitchers to ever win 40 games in a single season. Their success led other pitchers to try out the spitball themselves, and by the 1910s, it was common practice, for better or worse. The ethics of the spitball were always up for debate, as rules dating back to the 1890s had prohibited players from defacing or otherwise damaging the ball. Some believed that included covering a ball with spit, but plenty of others disagreed. At any rate, the only penalty for an illegal pitch was a $5 fine, and even that was rarely imposed. The ambiguity of the rule and its lax enforcement enabled the rise of spitballing, but the arguments against it began to multiply as time went on. One obvious complaint was that it was unsanitary to throw around a ball coated in saliva. In 1907, a Cleveland doctor raised alarm by claiming a link between the pitch and a recent rise in tuberculosis cases. His concern was taken much more seriously a decade later, when the deadly flu epidemic of 1918 began to rage. Another charge leveled against the spitball was that it put too much strain on a pitcher's arm and could do serious damage if used too often. In the end, though, the spitball wasn't banned because it was unsanitary, unfair, or dangerous. The real reason it was outlawed was to make the sport more exciting for the fans and more profitable for the team owners. Spectators were tired of low-scoring games where the only wins came from hit-and-run plays and stolen bases. Doing away with the spitball and other so-called freak pitches was a way to inject some much-needed excitement into the games, generating more of the fly balls and home runs that crowds craved. With the support of the majority of team owners, it was decided that the 1920 season would be the last year in which the spitball would be allowed on the field. After that, any player caught defacing the ball with saliva or anything else would be expelled from the game with the possibility of further suspensions. However, in a surprising show of diplomacy, 17 spitball pitchers were grandfathered in as an exception. They were all players who had made their career on throwing doctored pitches and who wouldn't have had much of one without them. Out of respect for their livelihood, that handful of players, dubbed the bona fide spitballers, were allowed to continue throwing the pitch for the remainder of their time in the league. The last player who was legally allowed to throw a spitball was Burley Grimes of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He used the pitch to help defeat the New York Giants on September 10, 1934, and then retired 10 days later. From that point on, the spitball has been completely illegal in Major League Baseball, though that hasn't kept some pitchers from throwing it anyway. One of the most famous players to admit to using the dirty pitch was Gaylord Perry, a star pitcher in the 1970s. Throwing spitballs and making the batter think he was throwing spitballs were a huge part of his pitching style. Perry leaned hard into that reputation, too, even going so far as to name his memoir Me and the Spitter. 
Despite his lack of subtlety, though, Perry wasn't ejected from a game for using the spitball until his 21st MLB season. Even then, he came right back the next year for a final season and was later inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Other players who've been caught doctoring balls in different ways have been met with similarly minor punishments. In recent years, however, Major League Baseball has cracked down on the use of prohibited substances on baseballs. Beginning in 2021, pitchers who violate the rules now face 10-game suspensions. That harsher punishment is unlikely to end the practice entirely, but I guess if you've gotta juice something, better the baseball than the players. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, you can get in touch anytime by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.